All right, all right, all right. This is Richie Bailey with the High Performance Artist. Welcome to another amazing episode. It is going to be part 10. We're going to be talking about production, creating art like a machine with heart, with soul, with passion. If you're not certain where you are, High Performance Artist podcast, the High Performance Artist ethos, to be honest, is all about how to make you the awesome creative person that you are even more awesome, even more creative, and maybe even making some money on the side. And we're not talking some pittance pocket change here. We're talking how do we actually make our creativity profitable, profitable enough not to just have some food in the fridge, but have it pay all our bills and then some. So this is part 10. We're going to be talking about production, creating cool stuff and uh, creating awesome things all the time. If you're not sure uh, what this is all about, this whole series is based on The Mental Game of Writing, a book by James Scott Bell. This series is called The Mental Game of Creativity. Saw that cool thing I did there where I just switched to writing for the creativity. Why did I do that? So uh, this guy, he made a really cool book, but I thought to myself, look, what you have here is great, but I want to share this with people on a broader spectrum, not just people who write novels, but for the people who create all sorts of awesome stuff. So let's jump right in. So production, what does that even mean? Well, like any creator, we're all creating cool stuff all the time or not so much. Uh, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I kind of fell into this creative rut and I stopped drawing. If that happened to you, I'm sorry. I know how that feels. Drawing is a big part of my identity. I've been doing it since I was a kid and I can only hope that you find your way. Now, hopefully something I suggest while I am sharing this chapter with you sparks an idea sparks some kind of uh, passion or drive in you and you get right back where you left off so production what are we talking about here the most important thing that i think you can do as a creative person is to create that's what we do we take abstract weird stuff that normal people kind of take advantage of or not really noticed and we turn it into really really cool stuff that moves people. What is just a sunset to some people, well, of course, almost all sunsets are beautiful and moving. We take that and we make a beautiful painting, an awesome film, while some people just see a relationship between a um, child and a parent. Uh, We can create diverse, awesome, powerfully awesome, Uh, sorry, powerfully moving films or comics or even uh, images, illustrations. So the problem is that you, like I was, you're not really creating anymore. You're not really feeling that drive that you used to have. Oh, what do you do now? So every time I say so, I want you to take a shot. I'm, I'm trying to not say so that many times. And here, let me tell you something. It could be a shot of apple juice. It could be a shot of your favorite beverage. It does not have to be alcohol. So, oh my God. Anyway, 
Now, what we're talking about here is production, like I said before. And, you know, I think that it's important for all of us to have a project, not just to create stuff. I think the best way to kind of have a coherent body of work or to be creating things that people can consume and care about is to have a project. So what would that look like? Well, if you like to draw, well, what would it look like to create a graphic novel? And what, or, or just a themed series of images, you know, like somebody famously made, uh, if I remember correctly, it was all the Disney princesses as cement mixes. I remember talking about that in a previous episode. That went viral. For what reason? I have no idea. The internet is a very, very strange place. Now, back to projects and why I think projects are uh, more important than just kind of randomly creating stuff. So how I kind of used to approach what I did is just... Well, you know what? I feel like drawing Pikachu today, and I will draw Pikachu. Oh, I feel like drawing some kid doing a backflip on a skateboard, and then I draw that. So it was kind of whatever I felt to draw, um, kind of spur of the moment, and that's completely fine. Uh, whatever you do is an expression of who you are. So if you make videos and you want to make a cool video about X, Y, or Z, hey, do it. But I think there is a step above that. And I think the step above that allows you to not only be recognizable, and I'll talk about that just a little bit later, but I think it allows you to start marketing yourself. Now, marketing, oh my goodness, what are we talking about here? Marketing, I think, is important. Why? Marketing does one thing and one thing well. It exposes your brand, your stuff, your work, your craft, and your creation to people. The more people see your stuff, the more people will be willing to purchase what you make. And so when we talk about purchasing, well, if you don't have a consumable product, what do they purchase? And so that's why this this whole thing that we're going to be talking about day, today is how to keep you creating, but not just creating random things. We're going to be talking about creating projects. So, remember what I told you? Drink up, baby. <laughs> um, Susan Reynolds, uh, she wrote a book called Fire Up Your Writing Brain. She suggested five things as to why writers experiencing experiences blocks. Like, you know, the famous art block, the famous I don't know what to make, I don't know what to do, what am I even doing, am I even a creative person? Why wasn't I born like a normal person so I couldn't stop? thinking about these weird things that I have to make for people or make for myself, right? So she says, hey, you know what? I found five ways, sorry, five reasons why writers experience experiences like an art block or a writing block. I am going to hazard a guess that these five reasons can also be applied to your regular everyday creative, creating again through the list of things. So you might be a VFX artist, a, video, a videographer, a photographer. You might knit things for crying out loud. You might paint shoes. I don't care if you create, you're in the right place. So drink up. <laughs> so, um, five reasons why 
writer's experience is blocked. Now, five reasons why a creative might experience a block is one, you might have lost your way. What does that even mean? Now, losing your way, whether in a project or just as an artist in general, is pretty common. Sometimes after doing things the same way for a long time, you kind of have this question, like, what? why am I even here? Like, are we just here to suffer? That's a meme, by the way, if you didn't get it. Um, you know, why, why, why am I creating what I create? If you haven't hit that wall, particular wall yet, trust me, it's coming real soon. So, <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that we all experience. It's like, ugh, like, do I even want to draw anymore? Because it's just, I can't seem to invoke the life that I used to invoke. The reason why I wanted to get up and create the stuff that I would want to create isn't really there. Well, how can you solve that? I'm going to be talking about that real soon. Uh, number two, well, the passion might have kind of died down. And, you know, what does that mean? It's, it's like the same thing. Like, there is a part of all of us creative people that has to scratch that itch of making what we make. And sometimes it's not there, um, even though we really, really want it to be. You know, we would love to be that person. And we all know at least one or two people that literally just seem like machines. Every single day they have something new there. And let me tell you, my mind is pretty much blown by this guy called Beeple. It's a B E E P L E. He create he's Oh my gosh, this guy is pretty much a printer. Every single day without fail, he creates these new uh 3D visualizations. And you know, he's done a bunch of talks about, you know, how do I how am I able to put out um a work every single day for 3000 days without missing a day? And you know what his response was? Basically, his response was his entire life revolves around one thing, and it's making sure that something gets released that day. Now, you might be thinking, oh, his whole life, you know how busy I am? I need to make money. These bills need to get paid, bro. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Let me just explain a little bit more of what he was saying. When he says his whole life revolves around it, it means he's very, 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 very careful um, in understanding how his day is going to play out. And he also builds in a plan B just in case things don't go the way that they go. So let me jump in a little bit deeper into that. For instance, I remember he was talking about something where he said, you know, I knew that the from noon onwards, I was going to be really busy and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to uh, create something that day. And as far as he was telling us, he literally creates these things every single day. He doesn't pre-make them and then post them on a different day. You know, that's cheating to him. Um, what he wants is a discipline of having to make something every day. Um, it doesn't make sense that you do uh, a 100-day challenge and then basically make, you know, spend the first two weeks creating 100 things and just posting afterwards. To him, that would be cheating. I'm not saying you can't do that. Just in his world, he wanted to make sure that he was having that creative juice um, to work with every day. And he said one thing, like if he knew that he couldn't predict 
uh, after a certain time that he'd be able to post something. Maybe he might wake up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. to create it that day. Um, he did it even when he was feeling really, really ill. Was it the best creative thing that he did that, that over the uh, couple thousand days that he's been doing it? Maybe not. But to him, it was important that he was A, creating something that day, and B, that it was posted that day. And, you know, maybe that's something that you could try. Maybe there's an aspect of discipline, if you want to make sure that you get your discipline in, <laughs> that is episode eight. Um, that, that aspect of discipline in him was trained every day. And that's definitely something that I am going to do uh, sometime next year. I'm planning for maybe like February next year. I want to do a 30-day challenge of posting uh, one thing every day. Um, if you're not aware of it, there's actually a thing called Inktober. So every day in October, you uh, you basically draw something, post it online. Uh, trust me, there's nothing more of a kryptonite to creative people than discipline. If you find yourself to be a super disciplined person, all power to you. Uh, I'm continuously working on stuff like that. And, you know, it's something that I really, really want to get good at. The third thing on the reasons why you might have a art block or some kind of uh, creative block is that your expectations for your work might be too high. Now, if you want to talk about the king of high expectations, you're listening to him right now. My expectations, I'm t I need to start turning my phone off. What is going on? Um, my expectations can get super high for the stuff that I make. It's kind of a bad habit that I'm learning how to reel in. Um, and I've gotten so, 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 so much better at understanding when I'm approaching that level of perfection, where I'm starting to look at something and it's like, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. I could do that. And sometimes I end up tweaking things so much that, you know, I've spent two or three hours on a project that might have only needed four to five minutes. Or Sometimes I'll even spend hours on something to think, oh, like, shoot, if I rework this whole thing, and by the way, that whole thing is like a foundational structure of this whole creative project, then it will be so much cool. Oh, my God. Da, da, da. And I end up basically redoing the entire project. And what does that do? It completely drains my creative energy because I basically did two projects for the price of one, and I don't feel like I got the deal. Right. So I did two projects and I'm only posting one for people to see. I've definitely done that before. I've definitely spent like 40 hours painting something. And then I asked somebody for their opinion and they gave me an opinion that would require me to redo the whole thing. And, you know, I ended up maybe implementing half of what they said and it took me another 15 hours to do. It's like, ugh, like, don't do that. And so, you know, if you're having if you feel as if when you're creating things, you you get that that itch of perfection. It's like a little itch. It's like a little a little zap, a little short circuit. You're thinking like, oh, like you know, I know I can I can do that part a little bit. I know I can just make a, a couple small tweaks. I I just know I can make it a little bit better. No, let's stop for a minute because there is a difference between perfectionism and pushing your work to be like 5% better every time you do it, right? There's The one is purpose, 
right? The purpose behind pushing your work to be a little bit better, that has a very defined reason why you're doing what you're doing. Whereas perfectionism, there is no end to it. There is no goal. It's just this ever sharpening of a blade that never really gets any sharper, right? Um, so let's move on. Number four, you are burnt out. Let me tell you, a year and a half ago, I was done. I would go out, open the sketchbook, and I really couldn't draw much more than some squiggles, maybe some circles on the page. My go-to is drawing uh, boxes in perspective. I can do that all day, but here's the deal. Not really cool to post on Instagram, just a bunch of boxes. Maybe I'll post one for you for you guys one day to see how boring it is. But um, I, I just, I was, it was just done. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to put this down. And trust me, that was scary. To put down something that, or to kind of put the pause on something that I considered my identity for so long. Again, I've been drawing forever since I was a kid. Um, yeah, that was really scary, but I think it taught me lessons that I wouldn't have learned trying to fight with it. Like if there's a point where you feel like you're fighting your creativity, it might be some time to do some inner reflection, some self-care, some healing, and to really figure out what that blockage and where it's coming from. So number four wait no this is number five okay number five uh you might kind of be distracted and i'm not 100 percent sure what susan was trying to say here but how i interpreted it was if you feel like you're distracted in your work meaning you feel like you're kind of chasing a shiny object i mean you're not focused on just creating uh what's in front of you and what that might look like is oh well i love this person's style over here okay well you go over here and you start painting or drawing or or doing the thing like this person that you like and then you think oh i love this person over here and then you think oh okay well you know let me do the thing like this person over here and then you're going, 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 and then all of a sudden you see somebody else's work that you just completely blows your mind, and you think, oh my God, I need to do my thing like this person's thing. And I think that's another way of draining your creative juice, right? There's really, I, I think there's, there's, I think it, it drains your creative juice in, in multiple ways. One, you can't focus on developing your voice, and let's be clear here. There's a difference between jumping around, trying to do things like someone, and remember we spoke, well, we actually spoke about it before um, in, a, in a previous episode, which was uh, copying people. Uh, it's, it's very, very different than if you set out to purposely copy someone so that you can learn and take in and absorb the way that they're doing something than just jumping around willy-nilly because if you're just doing stuff like somebody then your mind isn't quite focused on absorbing as much knowledge as possible and the reason why 
Austin Kleon was saying, you know, take a month or two or three copying someone is because the first time you copy somebody, that's really just maybe even learning how they do something. You haven't really absorbed the, the oh my gosh, am I really going to say this? You haven't really absorbed the spirit, the energy, the flow, the fingerprint of the way somebody thinks to create something. You might have to copy multiple um, uh, multiple aspects of their work to really start to draw that in. And I'll just give you a bo bonus right here. Um, I know I said five reasons, but here's one bonus, which is the fear of failure and finishing. I know this hits home to 99.9999999999% of creatives out there. <laughs> so there's maybe only like, you know, 10 or 12 creative people in the entire world that don't feel a fear of failure. Let me tell you, if we could just extract that, put it in a pill form, do you want to be a multi-billionaire overnight? Just find those 12 and extract that, sell it, bada bing, bada boom. I'm telling you, that's how you get rich today. Anyway, that's kind of off topic. So the fear of failure and the fear of finishing, um, I think you might have, or there might be a thing where you have a bit of both, or you really, really lean more to one side than the other. For me personally, it's um, the fear of failure, right? And I don't mean failures in this big, grandiose type of thing, meaning like what I find myself often having to reflect on as I'm creating and then overcoming is whatever I'm creating, not living up to the what? The expectations that I had for it. Like there's always an image in our minds of what we're gonna create looks like. And then by the time that doggone thing ends up on the screen, you're like, okay, that's not what I thought it was gonna look like. <laughs> like, am I even good? <laughs> like, what, what am I doing? So, you know, that's when I start to realize, look, it's not about perfection. It's not about like, everything being the way I want it to. If I created something, that creation is good. And that's something that I definitely want to encourage on this podcast and encourage you, the listener, to start thinking about whatever you create, however you create it, and whatever capacity that is in, it is good. Like, nobody cares about your expectations. Literally. I have never seen a piece of work, watched any film, or read anything thinking about the expectations of the person who created it. Never did, never will. Because guess what? Every time I look at something, I just think, oh wow, okay, that's cool, that's interesting. Or it's not really for me in the first place. And if somebody looks at your stuff and they just think, oh, it's not really for me, like, what? Uh, why are you caring? What, what's to care about somebody who your work isn't really the cup of tea for in the first place? So, again, if you want to, you know, create more things, I think taking a, a, a reflective look at maybe you've lost your way. Maybe some of your passion has been dying down. Maybe the expectations you have are too high. Maybe you're burnt out. Maybe you're jumping from too many projects to project. Maybe... Um, you have shiny object syndrome and you're trying to copy too many styles. Or maybe you have a fear of failure, fear of finishing. So let me finish up that point, fear of finishing. <laughs> um, the, the last 10% of some of the stuff I created is sometimes the hardest. And 
it's the kind of stuff that I uh, I'm, I'm going to start challenging myself to push through because it's really a clean up and detail stage that I've never really th- thought too much about. And here's the thing: right now, that's not super. That's I don't really fall into that camp of a fear of finishing. Right, my stuff is more like okay. If I make this thing and I post on Instagram, how is it gonna look? Is it gonna be perfect? That's kind of the stuff that goes through my head and the stuff that I, I overcome when I when I finally do post it. So, think about that kind of stuff. On the last part, I know we're kind of going on here, but success expert. I don't know why people say that, but <laughs> Dennis Waitley of Flex Tactics. Um, you know, he writes how to make hard work fun, and that really grabbed me. Um, because, like, huh, making hard work fun. Huh, that sounds like discipline. How do I make discipline fun? Is that even possible? Well, Dennis says, if you can view the work as a challenge, see if you can make it better. And I relate to that 100%. I've been waking up early for the last, oof, like two or three months to. Um, go on jog outside and it has been super tough but it's also been very enlightening some of the thoughts that come up as I'm out there jogging so for instance if I'm putting in a couple miles and um, I'm very new to jogging as well so I'm not going to sit here thinking I'm any kind of marathon runner I'm any kind of long distance no 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 let me tell you I'm doing max maybe three miles and I'm done d-o-n-e I'm new to it And putting myself through this thing that I've never done before is really humbling (laughs) because, you know, you're faced with a lot of things that you think, huh, like, should I even be doing this? But I'm doing it for my health and I'm doing it for other reasons as well. And so when I'm jogging and and I think to myself, oh, okay, you know, maybe I can stop now. You know, my legs hurt. I think, all right, you know what? Let me just get to that point on my route. Like, and I, you know, I might point to a tree or, you know, some area on the sidewalk. And I think, let me just get to there. And then I can think about that again. And what does that do? That makes me think, oh, okay, like, this is some kind of short-term uh, goal that I don't have to think, oh, you know, I'm not going to run 100 miles today. That sounds impossible. But can I just jog 20 more feet? Sure. That's so, 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 so achievable. Uh, he also says, approach the challenge as if it's the first time you're doing it. You can think about that. How does how would that look like inside stuff that you already do? If you yourself are some kind of expert or you're just starting something, well, obviously, if you're just starting, you wouldn't approach it like you've never approached it. But if you have a way that you've been doing something, how do you think a beginner would approach what you're doing? It'd be interesting. Make the dull parts a game as if it was interesting. That's the Uh, Third part here, make the dull parts a game as if it was interesting. Um, When I read that, I didn't think too deeply about it because I thought to myself, okay, how do I make illustrating a game? And the only thing I thought of is kind of breaking the individual parts into something that I think I could beat, so to speak, like a level. Um, Like if I'm sketching, I want to beat the level of sketching, meaning I feel like this sketch... Um, can put me on to the next part where you start to tighten up the drawing uh, and, you know, think about how that might help you. And then the fourth part, write down your accomplishments 
along the way. This is something that um, I have just learned actually by another person called David Goggins. He wrote this book called Can't Hurt Me. That's actually the book I've been listening to on my uh, jogging route. And boy, oh boy, if you want to hear somebody who literally came, he didn't even come from nothing. Guys, he, this dude came from negative nothing, okay? And to hear how he literally did the hard thing every single time to, and when I say every single time, I'm not talking that he's like perfect or something, but he really goes into detail about the struggles that he went through. Man, when I listen to that thing, I feel like I could do 7,000 miles, obviously my body says otherwise, but it's definitely super encouraging. And one of the most encouraging things that I've been hearing from him in the book is that if you are suffering from something, if, you're, if your mind is, is um, like filled with fear or, or trauma or whatever, he has been through it. And he just wants to not, he doesn't want to be pedestalized. He just wanted to show that it is possible, that no matter where you come from, you can extract that greatness inside of you and... David Goggins, if you're listening, you know, you can sponsor the show anytime. <laughs> All right. So, last thing uh, that Dennis Waitley wants us to know is keep the end result in sight. Always revisit the bigger picture and the benefits of the goal. That's the last point I want to leave us here with is keeping the end goal in sight. One of the things that I've been doing recently is a vision board type um, reflection, um, you know, pretty often. And it's something that always makes me smile because some of the stuff on my vision board is stuff that I really feel strongly about um, and it's it's stuff that I really want to accomplish um, you know as the years go on and you know it makes me feel like wow you know if I could just have these things like it would mean so much to me um, I, I think that's one thing that I think would benefit every creative like why is it why are you doing what you do? Like, like instead of just answering because I like it or because I've always done it, like if, if your body of work had to stand um, on its own, how would that body of work affect people? And, I, and that's kind of some of the stuff I've been thinking about lately. And that's why I think I've moved so much towards projects rather than all this individual stuff I would just throw my time on. Because... You know, like I don't mean to go down this super, you know, weird road, but you really only live once. Like there is no second chance, as far as we know, as far as we know, you know, until somebody comes out to the grave and he's like, yo, bro, like afterlife is lit, bro. You, you gotta just don't even don't even worry. Don't even stress, dog. Afterlife's like really good. <laughs> but nobody, no dead person has said that to me yet. But as far as we know, as, as far as the life that we live right now, we only get to play once. And I think once you, I think it helps to find a reason to create things. And if that reason is something that not only satisfies you, but goes beyond yourself in some way, I think that would kind of help in terms of giving you that passion and that drive because you know every time you put pencil to paper every time you think about something think about a new project or think on how to get some progress in a project 
you're thinking, you know what, I'm doing it for them. I'm doing it for the people that can't do X, Y, or Z. Or I'm thinking about the people that are in a negative spot right now and they just would like to hear a voice that tells them, hey, look, just take one more step. Like, I believe that you can take one more step. And I believe that you can get to that dream that you've been thinking about for so long. Like, maybe you have always wanted to have your own comic book. Friend. Like, that's super, super achievable. Um, maybe you've always wanted to make a feature film. Friend, I'm telling you, that's super achievable. All of these things take time and planning and structure and a way to kind of uh, gauge how your process is moving it inch by inch to the goal that you want. But anything that you can dream is possible. It's just going to take some thought. It's just going to take some patience. Like if you have a goal, like think about it just taking a year or two or five whatever you know however long you think it might might take but don't be afraid to make something take a year or two to at least get a really good feel for it and that might kind of scare you because the culture and the society that we live in tells us to you know get things really really quick but truly great awesome stuff takes time i'm always blown away by creatives uh in the behind the scenes work of stuff just telling us how much time how much effort something takes. You always forget because when people consume your work, when people consume it, it's done so quickly. Look how fast you scroll in Instagram. Seriously. Look, do you how much time do you spend consuming content on Instagram? Meaning like one one square of content, whether that's a video or an image. How long? After you consume it, sometimes you you flip off of that thing pretty much instantaneously and it never goes into your mind again. To me, I want to learn how to make stuff that make people think beyond just the instant consumption. Like if they see an image from me, they think, whoa, that's really interesting. That's really cool. I want to share that with people. I want to think about that thing some more. Wow, that really made me think. That's, that's really interesting. I never thought about that that way. I think that's a way to make your work go beyond your work. Right, It kind of takes on this life of its own inside other people's head. And it becomes this really awesome thing that kind of permeates around the world and um, helps people become more human. That's kind of, you know, my whole philosophy. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining me today. Uh, this was a really cool special episode uh, because, you know, producing stuff on a regular basis with discipline is definitely super, super close to um, like my heart in a way because you know I, I felt so much pain putting down uh, you know drawing for for the the length of time that I did and I'm really excited to pick it back up and slowly start to put work out there um, and hopefully the work that I put out there will start to impact people and help them on their journey called life thank you so so much again for listening to me i'm really grateful that you are here having my smooth beautiful voice on your eardrums i hope that you have an awesome day and i'll talk to you real soon